After taking down a massive arms deal, undercover federal agent Frank Castle is looking forward to a long retirement. Unfortunately, mob boss Howard Saint wants revenge on Castle for getting his son killed. So Saint has Castle's entire family murdered. But Castle survives and plans an elaborate revenge on Saint's entire organization as the vicious, unforgiving vigilante, the Punisher. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is my pick of the ongoing cycle, the 2004 critically reviled R-rated Marvel Comics film, The Punisher. Not a great film, but nowhere near as horrible as people seem to think it is. I mean, sure, it deviates big time from the popular comic book, but I think in a certain light, it's a decent flick on its own. Uh, but I mean, you really got to pull, you got to push for that. <laughs> yeah. It was very like two early two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it, and halfway through, I, I hadn't seen it in like six years, and I, I remember thinking to myself, "I bet there's going to be a really shitty metal song at the end credits of this thing." <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> you were right, indeed. It reminded me of. Um, have you seen Twenty Eight Days Later? Love Twenty Eight Days Later. The, uh, the end scene where he's like shirtless and he's killing all those dudes and I rock. Yeah, I got that vibe the entire movie. <laughs> the Punisher, for whatever reason, cannot seem to land when it comes to film adaptations. I mean, it's a wildly popular character. It gets a full-blown R rating every single time. But for whatever reason, it falls down the stairs every time. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe we'll try to figure it out. <laughs> Probably. I don't know too much about the Punisher. Um, actually, to be honest, I don't really know anything about the Punisher. <laughs> I just know that his wife and son die. Um, and then he decides to just start killing people. Um, but this movie made me want to explore the character more and watch the Netflix show because apparently it's really good. Um, but yeah, this wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Marvel. I had to keep reminding myself. I was like, this is a Marvel movie. This is a Marvel movie. This is a Marvel movie. Yeah. You want even more weird context? This was the same year as Spider-Man 2. So, oh I mean, it's not like Marvel movies were fucking up all the time. It's just this one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not that, you know, I don't know a lot about the Punisher beyond the films uh, apart from, yeah, his family's killed and you don't kill the family of a special ops soldier. <laughs> and, you know, that's what happens in this movie. They decided to like triple down and murder, not just his wife and son, his entire extended family. Everybody died. Like yeah. the, the wife was like his whole family. And she meant his whole family. Yeah. His cousins, his grandma, his uncle. Like, I, I don't know. It was Roy Scheider, everybody. <laughs> Crazy. So before we get into the, the movie, uh, I figured it'd be apropos to kind of talk about where this character came from. Uh, Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1974 in The Amazing Spider-Man number 129. Uh, he was basically showed up to kill Spider-Man, realized Spider-Man was not a bad guy, teamed up with Spider-Man. Wait, wait, he started as a Spider-Man villain? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. 
I have a reprint of that issue that I got when I went to see The Punisher 2004 in theaters. <laughs> and uh, I was way too young for this. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was nine <laughs> when this came out. I will say, like, for a Marvel movie, I mean, I know it. I, I guess it's not. I mean, it's not MCU Marvel. It's still, but it's still a Marvel. This had some pretty violent fight scenes in this movie. Like, there's one uh, when he, like, shoves the knife through the dude's jaw when his mouth is open. I was like, holy shit. This is a, okay, whoa, okay. I remember thinking, like, why did that guy deserve such a particularly gruesome death? Like, Yeah, I know. He was just shooting other people. That guy got, like, a knife here, a knife there, a knife in the jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And then uh, <laughs> the scene where he's killing, um, what was his name? Saint, the, the main bad guy? Howard Saint. Yeah, I would say, yeah, when he was uh, he was like killing his uh, right hand man. He was like, you're killing me. You're killing me. Why? I was like, oh, my God, bro. <laughs> I wish that the guy had just been like, I'm gay, Howard. I'm gay. I'm gay. Right? <laughs> yes. Screaming it at him. It just solved all of his problems. <laughs> Jesus. Um, when I went to see this, I remember it really disturbed me when Saints people killed his entire extended family because I have a big family. And oh, wow. I got really like, oh, shit. So this is what it would look like if my entire family was executed mob style at the beach. Mom? Dude, that part. Oh, my God. Yeah, they don't hold back. I mean, this. No. Oof. So Amazing Spider-Man number 120, what, 129. Yeah. Punisher shows up and everyone's like, oh, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for him to get his own series. Uh he got his own comic series in 1986. It was a mini series just called the Punisher. And uh, these are pretty sought after by collectors. Um, he's since become one of Marvel's most popular characters, but his willingness to kill and mature nature of his comic series has made Marvel fairly reluctant to spotlight a film franchise. I mean, you know, when you've got Spider-Man and Iron Man and Captain America making money, you can't have this psycho showing up, blowing people's heads off and say it's yeah, part yeah. of the same universe. It's hard to pull that off. Plus, also, I think um, another reason is because he is seriously just a dude. Like, uh, in the, the scene in this movie when the Russian comes and beats the shit out of him, that was also, by the way, my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, but, like, he's getting his ass kicked, and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is just a dude. Even more so than Captain... Because Captain America, at least, has, like, super serum, but this is just a guy. Yeah. Iron Man's got his suit. Hawkeye's got an expert bow and arrow training. Punisher is a guy in a t-shirt. He's mad. Yeah. But he's still, he fucked up that Russian. Oh, yeah. Did he, speaking of his shirt, in the comic books, Mm -hmm. is that how he gets his symbol? Does his son give him a fucking t-shirt? No. Because I was like, (laughs) that pissed me off. I was like, bro, you know how many other people are walking around with that same fucking shirt as you, man? He was like, yeah, it wards off evil spirits, bro. Come on. You bought a T-shirt at the beach. That is not the only version of that shirt. Yeah, exactly. I would love that that was a subplot. If people kept getting killed because they thought it was the Punisher because they had that. that would have been <laughs> But yeah, it does not ward off evil spirits. None of that shit is in the comics. It's just he decided to kill a skull on his body armor. looked intimidating, so he painted it on. That's beautiful. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess is there. I guess there's not enough of the Punisher in the comics to translate to the screen. They got to make up a lot of shit, or I don't know. I mean, the sequel reboot had no problem just going right in. But uh, Warzone, 
yeah, that one, if you thought this one was violent, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, Warzone is well, it's awesome, first of all. Like, I disagree with the credit, the critics entirely. Warzone is a badass action thriller. Uh, <laughs> the deaths in that movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I might... We're going to do that on this show at some point because it's just an awesome movie that I feel got overshadowed by The Dark Knight and everything else that came out that year. <laughs> I'll have to watch it then because, like I said, this movie, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really like it. But I thought the character, just having like, like the Punisher, I think is an interesting character because he's, he's an anti-hero and I think more so than Deadpool. I love Deadpool, but I feel like Deadpool is an anti-hero just because of like how he is. He's just crazy. But this guy is like, he's technically a hero, but he kills everyone. Yeah, he doesn't really have any long-term enemies because he doesn't let that shit fester. Yeah, I know. He, he takes care of business. Uh, it's always funny when he interacts with Avengers because they always look at him like, you may, you know, call yourself a hero, but you're not one of us. Like, he's been kicked off that team so many times. <laughs> I don't know why they need him. He's just a dude. He's got street level connections, I guess. Sometimes like when Kingpin's up to no good, Daredevil goes and, you know, asks the Punisher for some recon or something. No, uh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why Punisher doesn't just walk in there and blow Wilson Fisk's head off with a shotgun. <laughs> uh, so throughout pop culture, there's been three Punisher films and one Netflix series that lasted two seasons. Uh, fans are pretty... Uh, in unison voting that John Bernthal on the Netflix series is the definitive Punisher. He's, he's amazing. The show is, is good. The writing is, could be better, but he's amazing. Uh, and some of the fight choreography is unreal. Uh, the first film was 1989's The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle. Uh, <laughs> the film was a complete failure. Didn't even feature the Punisher's iconic costume. He is literally just wearing a, like, a black jacket. Oh my god, dude! What is this? <laughs> Just Google it. Oh my god. Yeah. Prime real estate for Beyond the Bad. Uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. I mean, my dad loves that movie, so he swears by it. Uh, but he 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 likes a lot of shit. Let's be honest. I mean, he's in the other room. I don't think you can hear me. <laughs> but <laughs> say it louder. I dare you. <laughs> uh, oh, this is the if he dies, he dies guy. Yeah, Drago. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Drago on the set of Rocky IV nearly killed Stallone with a super hard punch. Oh, really? Him. That actually almost happened. Yeah. Stallone said, like, he, you know, told Dolph Lundgren, we're in a box and I want this to look real, so hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> to this, like, six-foot-five hulking Swedish dude, hit me as hard as you can. So Dolph was like, okay. <laughs> Punched him in the chest. Oh. His heart bounced against his rib cage. Stallone went to the hospital. Dolph was had a moment of like, oh shit, I think I killed Sylvester Stallone. Whoopsie. Only and Stallone would do that though. And then apparently when he got back to set, like there was no apologies because Dolph's like, he said hit me, so I hit him. <laughs> Just doing my job. Oh my god. <laughs> but that dude was the punisher in the 80s. He's the first guy to well, not I won't say wear that costume, but play that part. <laughs> he didn't wear the costume. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the second version of the film was 2004 as The Punisher, the subject of today's episode. And then the third one was Punisher Warzone in 08 with Ray Stevenson as The Punisher and uh, Dominic West as his arch nemesis, Jigsaw. 
uh, which was frankly awesome. He's an English actor playing an Italian gangster, and I didn't know he was English for years. And yeah, that one's just an all-out bloodbath. <laughs> like they don't even try to hide it. I'll have to watch that. It's pretty awesome. It looks really good. the The entire end of the film is a lot like the raid. Okay. Which is Punisher going through an apartment building loaded with gangsters and then just mowing them floor by floor. <laughs> uh, yeah. So screenwriter Jonathan Hensley made his directorial debut with The Punisher. Prior to directing this film, Hensley wrote Jumanji, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Saint, and Armageddon. Oh. Yeah. It's a pretty good track record. He also wrote this. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> But also direct Kill the Irishman and The Ice Road, which I watched last year. Basically, Liam Neeson, like, on ice. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> Actually, Liam Neeson on ice again, because he did an ice movie two years before that. <laughs> it's not great, but, you know, if, you, if you've got an hour and a half that you want to kill, you can do worse. Do you, do you like Liam Neeson as an actor? I... I want to yeah <laughs> he's I done like, some yeah go ahead he only plays Liam Neeson yeah <laughs> that's it well he's been doing you know divorced or widowed ex-cop slash secret service slash FBI slash criminal for you know has to save somebody for like 10 years <laughs> I mean I admire the commitment but uh-huh. I know he's better than this he can do drama he's an oscar nominated actor what what is he doing <laughs> did you uh did you like the gray or have you seen the gray i i know i did like the gray thought that yeah. was a solid flick uh i saw the marksman last year and i was like oh, taken in mexico oh wonderful <laughs> oh, i just saw a trailer i went to see x today and i saw a trailer for what was it called uh, memory which is Oh, Liam yeah. Neeson <laughs> again as yep. some kind of. Oh, I, I just don't understand. Maybe it, he he also retired from act, action movies like three times. He keeps saying like I'm not going to do this anymore, and then he does three. Man, come on, he's never going to stop. Why not? I mean, I'm sure this is a good check for him. <laughs> but uh, I forgot how we got the Liam. Ne- oh yeah, the Ice Road. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Jonathan Hensley was like, I'm going to do it. I'm a directorial debut this thing. I'm going to do The Punisher. Uh, I love Jumanji. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, hard to believe that's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that it was written by the same guy. You know, yeah. that's weird. It is weird. Uh, character actor Thomas Jane plays Frank Castle, The Punisher. Um, he turned the project down twice because he didn't see himself playing a superhero. Uh, he was eventually convinced, thanks to some concept art and uh, the dark nature of the character. And since then, he's basically said, like, if anybody ever wants me to play the Punisher again, I'm down. But uh, they, we've traded up. So sorry, Tom. Thanks for the, <laughs> you know, thanks for the invite. But what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I would, I think, maybe with better writing, I feel like you could play a, the Punisher again. He could. I just feel like he was so stilted. He was, you know, his random yeah. like narrowed eyes. You know, God's gonna sit this one out, and just you know, drinking whiskey. Yeah, he just—he's a walking bummer. Yeah, yes, he is. Yep. Uh, Jane was 
Hmm? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Speaking of whiskey, I love how uh, Wild Turkey was like prominently featured in this movie. It's Matthew McConaughey's whiskey. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. What is, you know, Thomas Jane, what is Punisher going to drink if not Wild Turkey? Exactly. (laughs) I was watching 28 Days Later, and we just mentioned that. I was watching that a couple days ago, and I was surprised at how much Pepsi features in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Really shocked. Like, I didn't realize Pepsi sponsored the apocalypse. (laughs) That's weird. I always... I always think it's funny. I like seeing product placement in movies yeah. just because it's so funny. Like, um, this is way off topic, but um, I'm watching The Walking Dead finally, like the later seasons. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently it's a thing that the car that they drive in that show is a, um, is a Hyundai. And apparently Hyundai doesn't want their car. They don't want their cars to look like cheap or dirty. So it's a thing in The Walking Dead where if a character is inside of the Hyundai, they're safe. Nothing bad will happen inside the Hyundai. <laughs> and I thought that's hilarious. Because now every time you see that car, you're like, oh, everyone's safe. No one's going to die. That's awesome. I never caught on to that. I watched almost the entirety of The Walking Dead. I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah. My hilarious. favorite product placement story is that Apple will not allow any movie villain or TV villain to use an iPhone. Are you serious? Yeah, that's in the clause. Like, if you're going to have iPhones featured in your film, you have to buy them from Apple, and you cannot let them, a villain use one. They have to use Androids or Samsungs, like, because they don't want their products associated with evil. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's hilarious, coming from a giant, you know, corporation. <laughs> I know. The irony is, is palpable. <laughs> uh, Thomas Jane, also in Deep Blue Sea, Boogie Nights, The Thin Red Line, Face Off, The Predator, the Mist, and the HBO series Hung, where he plays like a gigolo or something. Uh, I love him in The Mist. Uh, that is such a dark movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sorry. It's uh, He plays a dad who is looking after his son, and uh, a weird fog rolls into this small town, and he and a bunch oh, of... Oh, yeah. Them, yeah. That's one where he kills his whole family in the car, and then he kills himself, and then save well no no he doesn't kill himself he's about to and then the day saved yay yeah it's maybe the darkest ending in cinematic history yeah <laughs> oh but he's great uh yeah. he reprised the role of frank castle in the 2004 punisher video game and the 2012 short film the punisher dirty laundry uh wonderful title yeah well he's you know frank castle's at the laundromat doing his laundry somebody's being harassed and he's like not my problem they continue to be harassed. He can't, he can't just let it deal. He goes and helps them out, kicks some ass, throws the kid a t-shirt, and it's the it's the- oh my god. <laughs> He's literally handing out shirts. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I think at the time it wasn't like officially sanctioned by Marvel, so they couldn't say it was the Punisher. It was just like a good Samaritan who happened to have a skull t-shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Oscar nominee John Travolta plays Howard Saint, mob boss. Travolta was nominated for his performances in 1977's Saturday Night Fever and 1994's Pulp Fiction. He's considered one of the most popular actors of all time. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. (laughs) Uh, Despite his career lows in 2000's Battlefield Earth and 2018's Gotti, 
He's had two massive passion projects fail like fucking Hindenburg. <laughs> and it's awful. It's amazing that he keeps going. He needs to stop. He, he probably does, but I don't know. I've got a soft spot for the guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you so, like him in this movie? You know what? I did. He's like one of the few parts of this movie I actually did like. <laughs> it's just I've got blinders on when it comes to John Travolta. I don't I don't know why. I just I dig the guy. I think he's I think he's cool. I mean I can I mean yeah, he's a Scientologist. But is he really? Yeah, he's like sec he's second under Tom Cruise. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, they've got him like I think we're all, everyone's pretty sure he's gay. And that's like the big secret, but it's 2022. Who who gives a fuck? Just come out, John. Unless there's like way worse dirt than that. <laughs> you know, maybe he killed a guy. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's it's LA. It's Hollywood. You said you said he's cool. He he is cool. Like uh, like in Pulp Fiction, he plays that like like cool like 70s guy. And I feel like he plays on a lot of roles, and that's why I liked his character in this movie. Because he played just like a shitty, I don't want to say swarmy, just like a, a yucky, icky, like little bitch of a mob boss. He's like, I don't need my hands dirty. You whore. Like, dude, like he played that role so well. <laughs> yeah, it was very much a like, you know, internal struggle, kind of like you hurt me kind of mob yeah. boss. It was weird. Uh, and also just getting his ass handed to him by those two like cartel guys he's money laundering for just having them be like you know don't fuck with our shipment man like in front of his people and him being like okay i won't i won't i'm sorry please don't hear me this is the guy this is the punisher's arch enemy yeah i know (laughs) oh boy um some of travolta's other popular films include face off grease get shorty broken arrow phenomenon and a civil action you may notice nothing from the past 20 years yeah no (laughs) he's trying He's trying. I love Get Shorty. In fact, they made a um, was it HBO. I don't know. I think it was HBO. Someone made a um, like a TV show of yeah. Get Shorty. I think I was Epics, like one of the weird ones. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I've seen Get Shorty. It was good. Mm-hmm. I love him in Face Off, and uh, I I love him in um, shit. It might just be Face Off. <laughs> Like based off of Pulp Fiction, might have just yeah. completely sold me on on John Travolta. <laughs> do you do you sometimes like to watch Battleship Earth? Oh God, no! Oh, <laughs> I've seen it one time, and I was like, "This is a two almost two and a half hour Scientology nightmare." Yeah, but it is long. Oh my God, it's it makes no sense. My favorite part of that is Travolta had been hyping that project up for like a decade. He yes, told yeah. people like, "This is going to blow Star Wars out of the water." Oh my God. <laughs> blew his career out of the water <laughs> for the first time and then he did it again in 2018 with Gotti when he's, he threw the whole you know gabagool forget about it baseless gangster stereotype and made a movie out of it there's a there's a movie that he was in um shit what's it called the fanatic yo yeah have you seen that movie I haven't I've seen trailers it looks weird it is very good surprisingly like yeah he plays like a he plays a fanatic hmm. and it's actually really good. It has a horrible Rotten Tomato score, but he plays a crazy, you know, he plays crazy really well. I bet he does now. I'm sure he's had a lot of shit fall apart for him to really yeah. 
you know, grab onto some crazy. Yeah. Um, he reaches deep personal trauma. I bet. Yeah. I mean, apart from just his career, you know, he lost his son, he lost his wife. Like yeah. he's, he's hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever see Michael? I'm not. No. He plays the archangel Michael who's in town to party. It's, it's a very endearing movie. It's, this like tabloid newspaper is like looking for a big story and they get a story that there's an angel in this small town and they go investigate. And it turns out he, he is <laughs> He's, Michael's there to, to like to do battle and celebrate and have fun. And oh no. It's actually really good. <laughs> Maybe I'll check it out. It's a fun movie. It's, it's not a masterpiece, but it's a sweet movie. Uh, yeah. John Travolta. I, nothing but love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Will Patton is Quentin Glass, Howard's right-hand man. Uh, Patton is a notable character actor. He's been in such films as Armageddon, The Client, Gone in 60 Seconds, Remember the Titans, and the recent horror flicks Halloween and Halloween Kills as Officer Hawkins. That's where I remember his face from. I was like, this dude looks familiar. Yeah. He's been in so many movies. Just one of those guys you just kind of recognize but can't put your finger on it. Yeah. And his character in this movie really needed to speak up yep just say just say you're gay bro or just say like you know hey i'm not sleeping with your wife howard like or say something instead of just being yeah. like what, what are you doing howard what, what are you doing he literally said he was like what did she tell you like bro why would you say that come That's on the, that is the worst thing you can say to somebody who is suspecting you of sleeping with their wife <laughs> what'd she tell you did, did she tell you anything bro I mean, on, on Frank's part, it is a very good plan. And it, it works really well to make Howard Saint kill the two people he trusts most in his life. That's, that's dark, but yeah. effective. <laughs> also, not really in the Punisher's MO either. Like, he would just go up to that house and blow it the fuck up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no psychological warfare when Frank Castle's concerned. I mean, there is to an extent, but he, after bullets don't do the trick. Here's a question. Um, yeah. Would the Punisher as a character, would he really take the time to plant bombs in the shape of his logo? Like it in this fucking movie? <laughs> I haven't read a lot of Punisher comics, but my instinct says no. Yeah. I mean, he took the time. that had to have, I mean, first off, just like getting all the cars there. There's nowhere all those cars were just parked there before he showed up. Yep. He, he had to put those cars there. He had oh, to yeah. angle them in the right direction for the fire to make a skull. And I mean, that had to take a few hours. Probably. And then he also had to account for like, what if, what if the car next to it blows up? Then, then, you know, then the eye hole on the skull is all fucked up or, or, you know, what if like one of the bombs don't go off? This took planning, man. (laughs) It's yeah. You don't think about those things, but yeah. Like, why would he do that? I mean, I don't think there's like a clock on this, but still halfway through that, you got to think like maybe Howard, Went somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, Rebecca Romaine plays Joan, Frank's neighbor. Uh, she's mostly known for playing the shape-shifting mutant Mystique in the first three X-Men films. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. She was also in Rollerball, Satanic Panic, and she's set to star in the upcoming series Star Trek Strange New Worlds as Una Chin Riley. Is that the, um, that's the animated Star Trek show that they're doing, right? Now, this is the uh, the prequel to Discovery that taught, like that focuses on uh, Admiral Pike's adventures with the Enterprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
looks neat. I like Anson Mount. He's playing Christopher Pike, and I really enjoyed Hell on Wheels. So, you know, maybe. I'm always intimidated to start a new Star Trek because I'm like, do I have to watch all the Star Trek that came before just to get understand this? So I haven't really gotten into Star Trek, um, but a lot of people I ask, I I know you're you're gonna say that they're wrong, but a lot of people I ask are saying that Star Trek is somewhat better than Star Wars, and I don't know how because it just Star Trek to me, and I could be very wrong. I'm sorry if there's any Star Trek fans listening. But Star Trek just seems like a lot of politics. It reminds me of like, like the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones when it's just talking <laughs> and politics, but in space. I've I've seen the movies and of Star Trek, and they are mostly entertaining. And Star Trek is more of an exploration exploratory show. You know, the Enterprise is exploring these new worlds and trying to trying to have diplomatic peace with the Federation. Of course, shit always goes wrong, and they have to kill somebody. Right. <laughs> but uh. I get, you know, Star Trek, I like to, I like to imagine that I'm Swiss in this, in this thing. I, I see value in Star Wars. I see value in Star Trek. I want everybody to get along. Yeah. And that's never going to happen, but I like to think it can. Is Star Trek worth my time? If you have a few years to kill, you can, you can watch. Oh, geez. There's like 18 Star Trek shows. It's, it's a whole, I mean, I think each one like is in its own self-contained thing so like if you just want to watch like next generation or discovery or uh voyager and you can just do that but i imagine a purist you know i personally am a completionist in this kind of stuff and i i started with 1960s star trek (laughs) it's not bad it's not it's dated as hell but it's it's entertaining uh but i just don't have time to sit there and you know marathon 40 years of star trek (laughs) yeah that's a lot my dad um my dad watches One Piece, oh. and um, and I was like, "Hey, this looks really cool. Should I watch it?" He was like, "You are never going to catch up. There are so many episodes." He was like, "You'll start now, and you'll be dead before you can finish." So, how's that no appealing? Point. Like, I mean, it's like the fucking never-ending story. Like, why would you want to read this? Why would you want exactly? <laughs> Great movie, though. By the way, never-ending story, wonderful. I have not seen that. I've, I've, that's oh. been on my list for a long time. <laughs> oh man. That's uh, an 80s movie if there ever was one. Or 80s, yeah. I did. I worked it. Well, I worked a special screening of it once when I was working at the Alamo Draft House, and I saw some clips, and I was like, this looks odd. But I, I could get into this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Rebecca Romain's going to be in the new Star Trek. Uh, Laura Herring plays Livia St., Howard's wife. Uh, Herring is known mostly for her role as actress Camilla Rhodes in 2001's Mulholland Drive. And uh, she was also in Love in the Time of Cholera, Little Nicky, John Q, Inland Empire, and a few episodes of The Shield as Vic Mackey's lawyer, Rebecca Doyle, which I just finished watching and didn't even recognize her. I was like, holy shit, that's Becca. I remember that. Uh, she, well, Howard's wife is just in her own little world, the yeah. entire movie, completely oblivious to the fact that her husband's empire is crumbling beneath their feet, but she's going to the movies it's thursday Thursday. it's thursday exactly what your husband's entire empire is crumbling and you're gonna go to what is it buenos dias pablo film festival like dude that was on that was on the marquee the theater she was going to buenos dias pablo film festival what the fuck does that even mean (laughs) very good question (laughs) it's yeah it's it's kind of amazing uh I mean, he, he, she never picks up on anything, you know, like Howard seems a little bit cold towards her. None of this. 
No. And it's satisfying to see her die because she I hold her responsible for the death of, of Frank's entire family. Yeah, she was literally, bro, that part when they're at the party or whatever and they step outside and she's like, you avenged our son's death. And then she gets completely undressed. I was like, bro, what? Thanks for thanks for avenging our son's death. Now, fuck me. What are you talking about, man? First of all, he didn't do anything. He told someone else to do it. Yeah, if anything, you should fuck Quentin, but you know. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Um, character actor Ben Foster plays Dave, Frank's other neighbor. Foster has been in a ton of memorable films, including 310 to Yuma, X-Men The Last Stand, The Messenger, Alpha Dog, and Hell or High Water. And at first I was like, that can't be Ben Foster. And I looked it up, I'm like, that is Ben Foster. Like, he's done a perfect balance of like, critically acclaimed stuff and absolute horseshit. <laughs> it's kind of good for an actor. Yeah. But uh he'll always be fucking Charlie, I believe, in 310 to Yuma. That guy's a nut. Uh <laughs> epic western if you haven't seen that. I have not, but I'm going to because honestly the three neighbors in this movie were my favorite characters in the entire movie. Yeah. Especially him. He's he's literally he is risking his life for a dude he met a couple weeks ago. It is weird. Like, yeah, he stands up for him, but like, that's a lot of loyalty. That's a lot of piercings getting ripped out loyalty. I don't know. Uh, I'd probably break before he moves to the lips. Yeah. Well, like, dude, he was like, I'm not going to say anything. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> met the dude like a couple of days ago. Like, and also you're not going to do anything to Bumpo. Like, I know right, he's right there. Probably really easy to break. Oh, have wow. you heard John Panette's Panette's comedy? I fucking love John Panette's comedy. Dude, he's he's so funny. <laughs> Every time I go into a Chinese buffet, I think about his joke about how he he's like banned in all the Chinese buffets. And bro, he's so good. Forbidden one has returned. Yes. <laughs> no, you have to leave. <laughs> I have no more food. My favorite bit was when he was trying to buy a TV at Best Buy. Oh, yeah. And the guy kept trying to sell him the warranty. He got no. in a fight with the guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Was I was so happy. Last I was like, oh, <laughs> hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Panette's hilarious. Uh, I wish he had more to do in this movie. He's just kind of there because they needed a third. Yeah. He's Bumpo. He's Bumpo. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got a Bumpo. Yeah. When he eats the, uh, when he eats the pasta sauce. What do you say? He's like, he gets all happy. He starts speaking Italian. I was like, ah, John, I love you. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're a good a good touch, the three neighbors. Yeah. God. Jesus, I can't get over that torture with the Pier 6. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, the Punisher has an IMDb score of 6.4, Rotten Tomatoes score of 29%. Uh, grossed only fifty-four million on a budget of thirty-three million, leading Columbia to market a failure. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah, for a comic book movie in the mid two thousands to fuck that up like that, I, I get why this has yet to really why Marvel's really yet to capitalize on the Punisher. Yeah, uh, it's so weird. It's, it seems like such an easy get. I, I don't know. Yeah, just literally make an action movie, but have him wear a skull on his t-shirt, and there you go. It really is that simple. Yeah. I mean, you want to you want you want to shake things up? Throw him in the fucking Blade movie and have him kill some vampires. 
Oh, dude, that would be so cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, have Punisher, you know, show up and be like, heard you needed some help. So these are my go. streets. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Do you know. Uh, agree with the reviews? Uh, yeah, not, not, not entirely. I don't think it's a 29, but I don't think it's a, it's a positive, like, tomato either. Yeah. The way I felt after watching it is um, I enjoyed, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, the fight scenes and the cringy early 2000s, like one liners and the, you know, like, oh, Maria, um, all that. But I don't think I'd ever watch it again. <laughs> I own this. And you know what? I, I keep, I think every five or six years, I convince myself, you know what? Maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> and then you watch it and then you're like, oh, wait. I, I always seem to forget. <laughs> and, at least this time it's like recorded. I have evidence that I didn't really like this. <laughs> so maybe this is the last time. Yeah. Every time you want to watch it, just listen to this and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a few movies in our catalog that I've had to do that. Like, did I like that? And I go back like, oh no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, the film was rebooted in 2008 with Punisher Warzone, which was an even bigger commercial failure, but arguably a much better movie. And then it was rebooted again with the Netflix series The Punisher, which ran for two seasons before getting canceled because all of Marvel's Netflix stuff got canceled pretty much in the same week. Which is unfortunate because I think, well, Iron Fist, I didn't really, I didn't really like, or Jessica Jones even. But um, from what I hear, The Punisher is the best one. Daredevil was awesome. Um, and Luke Cage is pretty good too. But I'm so upset that they canceled all, all the Netflix shows. Well, I mean... It just all got thrown back on Disney Plus. So maybe there's going to be new life. Did it really? Yep. I went to, I was going to go watch Star Wars earlier today and I got asked, like, do you want to add a parental lock? And I'm like, I, last I checked, I don't have kids. So no. <laughs> and uh, I looked like I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They added the the entire Netflix Marvel run as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. onto oh, wow. Disney Plus. So, and since they, you know, random. MCU uh, Netflix Marvel characters keep popping up in MCU stuff. I'm sure they have plans for all this shit. I hope so. Is a uh, Iron Fist on there? Yes. Good. I'll be sure to stay clear of that. I'll avoid that show at all costs. That was such an odd. I watched the first season and I'm like, who who's the audience for this? Like, what is what is this for? Like some white guy who just watches martial arts movies? Awful. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first season of. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and the first two seasons of Daredevil, and then both seasons of The Punisher. And I'm sure at some point I'll go back in and just wipe that slate clean, finish those off. But I have I'm in no hurry. Yeah. So uh, since you've seen all of them, which one's your favorite? Um, probably the Punisher. And even that wasn't great. <laughs> oh no. It's just, like, he's great. John Bernthal is perfect as the Punisher. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I know this is a, it's a little criticism, but for me, it's important. Most of the time, he's not wearing the costume. Oh, okay. I like the costume. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and um, just some of the writing, like, I feel like they, they drag out ways to avoid him just blowing the main guy's head off. Mm-hmm. Like they have to make up reasons of like why oh frank got his ass kicked recently so he can't go fight that guy oh that guy's flying to the middle east for some reason oh okay <laughs> they just keep making shit up and then they use jigsaw in season two and i just did not like the way they did jigsaw 
Mm. Tried to make it like emotional scars instead of like straight up facial wreckage. Oh yeah, Jigsaw looks all like he looks terrifying. Like I was, I was looking up pictures about um of like Warzone. Yeah. Jigsaw looks absolutely terrifying. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. And then in the show, it's just like he's got like one thin scar across his eyes and nose, and he's like, "I'm a monster." Like, no, <laughs> you look Come fine. On. Come on. <laughs> Like if you're just if you're standing like 20 feet away, I honestly don't even see the scar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so fans are hopeful that Punisher will be indoctrinated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And judging by what Disney's been doing with these Netflix shows, kind of just embracing them, I think it's a safe bet. Yeah. I think John Bernthal will I th- I think he he he'd have good chemistry with the MCU cast right now. Awesome. Well, he I would happy. love to see him and Tom Holland together because the Punisher is going to hate Tom Holland Spider Man. He's going to get on his nerves so much, and I can't wait for that. I want Spider Man Four to be Spider Man, the Punisher, and Daredevil teaming up to take down the Kingpin in New York City. That would be so good. A perfect Spider Man movie right there. Uh, but Bernthal's been very open about wanting to play Frank Castle again. He was a uh, fans are asking him about possibly stepping into the shoes of Wolverine. And he said like, that'd be cool, but I'm Frank Castle. Yeah. <laughs> like right on John. So yeah, I, I think if he wants to come back, Disney wants to do it. It'll happen. Good. So with that, let's discuss some highlights of this movie. Uh, so when this film started, the undercover sting, were you trying to figure out who, who here was the Punisher? So I saw him and I was like, uh, that's not uh, that's that's not a bad guy. I'm pretty sure that's the main character. I was like, I'm really confused right now. <laughs> yeah, I I thought something similar when I uh, when I watched it. I was like, I don't remember Punisher being German. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I looked at the cast. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. No, no. I was like, this this something sums off. And also speaking of the beginning scene, the first I think it's the first line in the movie. No, it's, it's a couple lines in the movie. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm here. Uh, this is my friend. He's not a cop. I was like, why the fuck would you say that, dude? Are you kidding me? It reminded me of, uh, have you seen 21 Jump Street? Yeah. 22 Jump Street when they're at the deal. And he's like, my name's Jeff, dude. I was like, why would you say, yeah, he's with me? He's not a cop. Don't worry. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish they just shot him immediately when you say like, yeah, obviously I mean, he wasn't a cop. But why? Why even initiate that conversation? Yeah. How how Mickey made it out of this movie alive is beyond me. I don't know. Like how like Frank didn't kill him, Howard didn't kill him, like the cops didn't arrest him. Like this dude just I know he walked away. Yeah. (laughs) Also, he's like, he's like, he's like, no, no, he's totally legit. I met him in a hash bar in Germany. I was like, what that how does that equal legit? That's the most shady dude ever. And also, like when you're doing a drug, uh, when you're doing a drug deal like this, you don't just start breaking out your life story. Like, this is where I met this guy you've never met before. You might be a little suspicious of. Let me tell you a long-winded, prepared tale about yeah. this gentleman. Exactly. He's your conscience here. He's <laughs> like, and don't worry, I'll tell him you're not a cop. <laughs> Unreal. If that guy just said, like, "Hey, I'm Howard Saints' kid. Hook me up," that's the end of it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, this goes bad because 
Uh, this new guy gets flustered and everyone gets shot except Mickey somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Otto Krieg, as he's, cl- as he's called, is killed. And it's Frank Castle undercover. Uh, I always wonder about that, like undercover cops, like how deep they have to go. To oh, yeah. Become these characters like they have to kill. They have to do drugs like they have to completely immerse or else their cover's mm-hmm. blown and they're dead. Or wow. like if, if one if one mistake one mistake and he's dead again, going back to 20, 21 jump street at the end of the movie, when it's Johnny Depp, I was like, bro, how long have you been undercover? You've done stuff. You should be in jail. <laughs> like, come on. You ever see the movie Donnie Brasco? No. It's a true story of a cop, uh, FBI agent, uh, Joseph Pistone, who went undercover as an Italian gangster named Donnie Brasco for a, a long time, like a few years to gain the, the trust of a powerful, uh, Italian mobster and uh, Johnny Depp plays Donnie Brasco and uh, Al Pacino plays the gangster he has to befriend. And it's such an epic movie because there's a scene in the movie where Donnie Brasco is at the mall for some reason and like an old family friend sees him and it's like, oh, hey, no. Joe, hey, Joe, how you doing, Joe? And he has to like push them away and be like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about, lady. It's fucking tense, man. It's a great oh, movie. Oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, so Frank's like, you know, I'm done with this shit. I'm going to not be blonde now. And oh my God, why, yeah. man? Like, what a shitty wig. Like, if it was a wig, I hope it was a wig because I could see like the black hair underneath it. Yeah. Like, I would, and it's, what a shitty German accent. Like, I, of course, this guy's the undercover agent. Exactly. <laughs> a wig. He trips and falls over. The wig's off. Cover blown. Shoot him in the head. Oh my god! I wonder if that's ever happened. Like they trip and like the fucking prosthetics fall off and like their nose falls off and they're like, "Oh shit!" Oh boy, how do you how do you talk your way out of that? Uh, no, I, I oh I know how you, I know how uh, you just say I'm not a cop and apparently that works. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, so Frank has clearly been undercover for a long time and. His FBI pals are like, ha- you know, happy retirement, Frank. We love you so much that when you magically return from the dead, we're not even going to contact you. Yeah. Oh my God. That really bothered me. Like he, he gets up on the news and nobody comes to like, as you know, Howard Saint, the guy who murdered his family is his empire's crumbling. Suddenly Frank Castle shows up. No one in the federal bureau makes that connection. I know. Yeah. I go, hey. Frank, like on the news, it's like, hey, Frank Castle, he's alive. Also, two people were shot dead in the lobby of, uh, of, uh, I keep forgetting the, the fucker's name. Saint Tower, I think Saint. it's called. Yeah, Saint. It's like two people killed in, in Saint Tower lobby. It's like, oh, I wonder who did it. Interesting. <laughs> it is a cool name, though, Saint. And he does take full advantage of that. I love that his nightclub's called Saints and Sinners and yep. looks like a fucking office building. Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so Frank goes home and he's like, Maria, he's like, I'm, 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 I'm home. Like it's weird. Thomas Jane's voice decision for the Punisher is a little odd. He was trying to mimic Batman. To be honest. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> There's so many moments where I was like, I was like, bro, just stop. Honestly, you, you take Batman's mask off. You hand him a shotgun. He's, he's pretty close to the Punisher. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so they decide to, you know, retire to Puerto Rico, which does not look or feel like Puerto Rico in the slightest. Not one bit. And uh, 
they have a retirement party down there with his entire family, including Roy Scheider, who's his like uh, father-in-law. And yeah, uh, yeah, I love Roy Scheider. Apparently he has like some clause in his contract where he can only do movies at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, Jaws, Jaws 2, French Connection, all that jazz. Roy is the man. And apparently he got he's in this because him and uh, Hensley, the director, were neighbors. And Hensley oh, wow. just went over to like, hey, Roy, you want to be you want this part in my Punisher movie? And Roy's like, yeah, what the fuck? Sure. <laughs> it's all about who you know. Exactly. Uh, I like the part when uh, when this, when the kid when the kid is like, he's like, Dad, why do we have to move again? And I was like, when you're older, I'll tell you. Just fucking tell him now. Like what? what undercover. What? I stopped some bad guys. Now I'm not. So yeah. Are you kidding you me? That's the coolest shit ever. If my dad was like, "Hey, I'm undercover," I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when you're older. Why? Although, to be fair, you probably don't want your kid blabbing to everybody that their dad's an undercover cop. That is true. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. It's probably not good. Uh, <laughs> um. So Bobby Saint, I believe his name was is the uh, the guy who gets killed at the meet, Howard Saint's kid. Howard goes to it, identify the body. He's like, my son, my son. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, no emotion. <laughs> I remember when I had to dress you. Now I got to buy you a suit. I was like, bro, your son is dead in front of you. Uh, oh, no. It, it is odd. Uh, when he confronts Mickey and he's like, you know, you should have been taking care of him. The man who didn't take care of my son has to die and shoots that other dude in the legs. Yep. It's like, mm, good scene, but a little drawn out. Yeah. Uh, zero consequences for Mickey on either side of this whole thing. It really does bother me. <laughs> He's Mickey such a weasel. Died then and there. Yeah. Like he did. I mean, yeah, that other guy like, you know, didn't go with them, but this was Mickey's deal. Mickey brought him. There's, there's a lot more blame on Mickey. Comple- it's all Mickey's fault. Yeah, I think you're reaching even blaming Castle for this. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that the Punisher recruits him by feeding him a popsicle. Hilarious, by the way. That scene was so fucking funny. Yeah. you're gonna. It's going to be cold. You're not even going to feel it. And gonna, I was like, I don't think like, that's what? how it works. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess when you're you know, upside down and this crazy dude's threatening to burn you alive, you're going to believe it. <laughs> For sure. At first, I didn't realize it was a popsicle until he put it in his mouth. I thought it was like a red hot iron. And I was, I was like, why not just burn him with the torch, man? And I was like, wait, wait. Is that popsicle juice dripping off his back? And then he shoves it in his mouth. And I was like, oh, it's fucking popsicle. That's hilarious. It also does weird me out that immediately after that, Frank's like, I'm going to take down the Saints and you're going to help me. And Mickey's immediately like, I've hated the Saints my whole life. <laughs> what do you need? You weren't going to talk. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> this dude's loyalties like flip faster than a fucking pancake. He's a weasel. Yep. He reminded me of, um, I mean, I was going to say he reminded me of Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter. Hmm. Peter Pettigrew was pretty loyal to Voldemort, so never mind. I guess his, his weaselly attitude. I find it funny that, you know, Gryffindor prides, like, prides themselves in loyalty, but just loyalty to who? Yeah. Anyone, mm-hmm. just loyalty in general. Yeah, kind of a kind of a, loop, a bad loophole he should close. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, cool. Um, so they're burying Bobby and 
powers like you know they he reaches out to every gang on earth because apparently Howard has that kind of pull <laughs> and, yeah just like I even reached out to the Italians for old time's sake like okay <laughs> and they all somehow find out you know Otto Krieg's not real his name's Frank Castle he's in Puerto Rico with his whole family what do you want to do about this Howard surprisingly fast um to be able to come up with that information uh this was an undercover FBI agent yeah, and for like a few years yeah, man, you took it took you like a day to find all the information. What the fuck are you doing, FBI? Come on, deep, deep cover ain't what it used to be. Apparently, oh, no. Jeez. I guess when the when the ops over, like, does that shit just like get leaked on the internet or like Freedom Information Act? I guess I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> uh, and it's Livia. It's uh, Livia who's like, no, no, everyone, the whole family, everyone. Mm-hmm. So they kill everyone in a very brutal unforgiving scene where Frank's entire family is butchered in front of him. Literally everyone. He goes in the house with his dad and he's like, your Colts, oh, what do you say? Your Colts 1911s? Whoa, dude. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, he's like, you did something. He's like, good call. I like, I switched out the ch- chambers. I cleaned them. Like, you know, dad's proud to talk about his collection. I get it. I, I'm the same way about certain things. And then I don't know why. I know I know it's sad because his mom just got shot. But when he sees his mom get shot, he's like, Mom, that I don't know why, but I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know why. I think it's funny that his reaction is like, oh, all right, get the shotgun. Like he's not like my family, my family's like, gotta take care of this. I guess because like it's just the cousins. Like, I I don't know. Like they're not that close. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Um but I would like Roy get some get some some points in. He, he takes down some some guys. Yeah. Love that. And then uh, his, and what's perhaps probably you know the most brutal. Uh, Frank's wife and son are mowed down by a jeep. Yeah, that part was surprised me. I was actually like on the edge of my seat. I, like that that part was pretty tense. Yeah. And then instead of you know finishing the job, Quentin kind of fucks at him a little, shoots him in the, in the legs, RoboCop style. And then, a, like, blows up the dock, and he just flies back. They never finished the job properly. They never just no two in the head. When they, were, when they were pouring gasoline all over the place, um, I noticed how they didn't pour any gasoline on him. Which I mean, I don't want the main character to die, but if I was a mobster trying to kill someone, I would pour gasoline on the dude I'm trying to kill, not just in front of him. I know this is a weird thing to admit in public on a on a show. I feel like I'd be a pretty good gangster just from the amount of movies I watch and the amount of shit that they do that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Like none of that, you know, send one guy into the other room, close the door and hope for the best. No, I'm going to take the gun. I'm going to put it against their head. I'm going to put two in there and I'm going to walk away. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to watch them die, know that it happened and then move on. <laughs> I like how he, how he sends his other son to go kill the guy that killed his first son. Well, I feel like his, his other son was so neglected in the entire movie. I thought it was, it was so funny. Well, I think the ultimate message of this movie is Howard Saint is not a good father. Yeah. He's awful. <laughs> Clearly, his two sons ended up like rich fuck-ups. Yep. <laughs> and Frank ends up with this witch doctor guy who nurses him back to health, gives him the t-shirt. Yeah, I... And- that was weird. Um, ha- have we met that person before he saves him? 
he's seen in the background a couple times, but I don't think they interacted. Oh my god! <laughs> I think that's the guy who sold his son the shirt. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> I'm glad it was a skull. Like, what if it said like "Life's a Beach" or something like that? Is it? Is he still going to adopt oh, that as his? Is he still going to be the Punisher? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or like a little flower. Life's a garden. Dig it. Yeah. But life's oh, life's a beach. I could see that. He's like, vengeance? No. Punishment? No. I got to show them. Life's a beach. God, beautiful. I will be the lifeguard. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bro. Oh, God. If only. Um. So he just goes home, uh, goes back to the States, somehow amasses a massive uh, arsenal. Still trying to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. His, his apartment kind of weirded me out a little bit, how he just like drives into that apartment. He's like, yeah, this is where I live. No furniture, no food. I eat tuna out of a can with my knife. <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah. And it's really more of a base of operations. And the other neighbors take quite a while to like, do something about this they're just like yeah. uh, this guy's clearly into some dark shit should we address this or i mean they hear screaming coming from his apartment when he's torturing mickey and they just are like what do we do <laughs> he was like he's like bro he's killing someone right now it's like yeah we're next and then they run back inside i was like yeah that makes sense that's how i would react i'm not getting involved are you kidding me i love they go from that to trying to set him up with joan after yeah. he like punches her ex-boyfriend yeah I also really like that scene too. I don't know. I like it when I like it when superheroes do like small shit like that, like helping a neighbor. I don't know. It makes them feel more relatable. All of the guys like pulling out a switchblade, like you got something to say, motherfucker. Like this bravado dude and Frank just poof, <laughs> one in the face. <laughs> the use of knives in this movie. The amount of times that like someone pulls out a knife and does the stupid fucking like. Yeah, yeah, the, the 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 flips and shit, and then uh, at the end when he's like, he's like, ah, we'll talk about it when we get there. But okay, <laughs> uh, well, that one bit cements Dave's loyalty for life. You know, no one's so, ever stood up to me before, or stood up for me. Yeah. Oh, and Dave, when we're first introduced to him, he's in a wheelchair, and I was like, oh, cool, like, uh, you know, a character in a wheelchair. And I was like, that, that's interesting. And then he just fucking stands up. And I was like, then what? I guess you just have a fucking wheelchair. Okay. It's not a good neighborhood. He, he found that wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that someone left the wheelchair there. Oh, it's freaky. Um, I love the, I love Frank fucking with Howard's money. I love when a guy goes after a gangster's money because that, that makes the guy see red. Oh, yeah. And, also, just, you know, Frank Castle. Showing. Why is Frank Castle a national news story, by the way? Why do people know who he is? He was an undercover agent. Like, there should be a mass, you know, massacre in Puerto Rico should be the story, not undercover FBI agent Frank Castle. Exactly. Like, back in town. <laughs> oh. And then to do nothing with it. Just have him, like, appear on the news and then just go home. Yeah. They don't give him anything. Like, hey, man. Sorry about your like your entire family getting slaughtered. He has to show up, and they're like, "Oh, you thought you were dead." And he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, no, I'm back." 
Well, also, like, the news people don't follow him or, like, there's no, I mean, they get swarmed and then they just, like, back off. Yeah. Okay. New story, I guess. Like, bro, Tobey Maguire has more paparazzi than this dude. And this guy is, like, oh, my God. (laughs) You see that one where, like, one of the paparazzi gets, like, clipped by a car and Toby just starts laughing at him? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My favorite one, though, is when he's like, get out of the way! (laughs) Car. I can't imagine those fucking vultures. Ugh. Yeah. It should be allowed. I mean, that's, you know, that should count as harassment and you should be allowed to hit them. I believe that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so Frank now going after the money. Uh, Howard's like dealing with these two guys, the Toros, and they're like, you fucked up, Howard. And he's like, we've been in business 10 years. It's the first time this has happened. Can we talk about this? And they're like, no, it's our money. Yeah, like, the fuck? No, you have one job and it's protect our money. You didn't do it. Shit's going bad. Exactly. Uh, so he starts sending assassins after Frank. And I love this part. Uh, mm-hmm. Harry Heck. I mean, he had so many opportunities to just wipe Castle out and collect the bounty. But no, he had to make himself known. He had to be a badass. <laughs> Um, he walked in and played a song. I was like, oh, he's going to pull a gun out of his guitar. Or it's going to be some penguin shit. Like the gun, like his guitar is a gun. Yeah. Nope. He just plays a song. He's like, did you like it? I wrote it for you. I'm going to play it at your funeral. And then he just leaves. I got to say, though, this is probably my favorite scene of the movie. It's oh, yeah. So badass and nope. perfect psychological warfare. And this guy is intimidating with his his slow song, just connecting eyes with Frank. Oh, and yeah. then, yeah, just like, I'm going to play it at your funeral and then just walks out. Mm hmm. Jesus, <laughs> I was impressed. Yeah, uh, and then he just shows up in a green car and tries to shoot him at a bridge. <laughs> Dude, I love, um, I loved his car. I like the whole like he's like oh shit, and he just pulls the shutter down on his yeah. windshield. That was so cool. Like fucking fucking Batman doesn't even. I mean, Batman has a he has a Batmobile. He doesn't need that. But I don't know. This was perfect. This is a dude like a normal guy. Who becomes the Punisher? This is what he would do. He would put up just a, he said, metal screen inside of his car. Yeah, the Punisher mobile is pretty, you know, what do it yourself, you know. Yeah. And uh, I love that he ends up stealing Harry Heck's car and just rolls with it. Yep, exactly. Does he does he have a car in the comic books or in the TV show? Oh yeah, they've got a mobile van. Him and his sidekick Micro, who didn't make it into this movie. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, they've got a van. That's beautiful. Does it have like? Does it have metal uh, screens and everything? Oh, that's so oh, yeah. cool! Yeah, he's basically so it's, cool. a, it's it's not called the Punisher Mobile, but it should be. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So I love how he kills Harry Heck with like the spring loaded knife. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I love that he's like you brought a a gun to a, a knife to a gunfight, and he's like Pew. beautiful. Everyone always has to have one last word. He had Frank on the ground. He had a gun pointed at him. Pull the trigger. Why are you giving this guy an opportunity to get the <laughs> <Yes>. upper hand? <laughs> Harry Heck. You could have been you could have been the great one. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just I love that scene mm-hmm. <laughs> in the restaurant. Like that's some crazy <laughs> crazy shit to do to somebody. Exactly. That's a really small diner, by the way. Did you notice how small that diner was? Yeah, there were like five chairs, five tables. Yeah. It was weird. And he was like all the way in the corner. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird diner. It's also really like, I mean, I don't know a lot of musicians, but I imagine you don't just stroll into a diner 
whip out the guitar and just start just start playing. Yeah. No. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, he should have just gone in there, shot Frank, and walked out. Frank was not expecting him. He had the element of surprise and he completely fucked it up. Yeah. He could have just walked in and just shot him. Yeah. Just but little, no. He had to have his musical number. He had to have his like his process. Yeah. Um, also, th- this is weird. Um I, I don't know when to bring this up, so I'm going to bring this up now. Did you notice at all that uh, Frank Castle, uh, his thumb has silver nail polish on it? Yes. Uh, I, I read about that in the trivia. That has nothing to do with the movie. That is an injury Thomas Jane sustained prior to filming. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So that's why that's there. <laughs> what, is, what was the injury? I, did, I couldn't find what the exact injury was. They just said that he hurt his thumb and then they started filming and they had to do something with that. <laughs> oh my God, that's beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Harry Heck fails. So Howard's like calling the Russian. The and Russian. This hulking motherfucker. This, I looked him up. Dude, six foot nine. Oh shit. Giant pro wrestler dude named Kevin Nash. And Thomas, Thomas Jane's only five foot ten. So quite a disparity <laughs> there. Oh. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. And just, you know, basically, this is the closest we're going to get to seeing Punisher fight the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, with this opera score, this dude's just throwing Frank around the apartment. Frank stabs him in like what looks like the heart and he just pulls it out. Yeah. He's like, haha, puny knife. Yeah. And then stabs Frank with the same knife. Yep. <laughs> oh, Bro, he's got diseases. Oh, God. Uh, so why does every bad, uh, every evil Russian henchman in every movie looks exactly the same? They're always huge, muscular. They have a scarred face. They're blonde, and they always have, like, a stripy shirt on. Well, sometimes they have a name. I mean, they just call this dude the Russian. They don't yeah, even try on that front. <laughs> the first, when he first, like, burst through the door, I immediately thought, oh, Waldo's been working out. <laughs> I found him. There he is. And he's pissed. There he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love just Frank and the Russian trashing this entire building, just hurling each other through walls. Dude picks up a toilet and whacks Frank. With I it. know. <laughs> also, I don't care how loud your music is. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear the fucking grenade. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. They're going to be a little rumbly like at the tiny earthquake. No. <laughs> It's two floors down, two doors down. Oh God, <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. Eventually, Frank makes his way in there and hurls a pot of boiling water over the Russian's face. Whew. that has to hurt, man. I don't, I don't care how big you are. That shit, that shit has to hurt. Well, the original uh, intent, uh, they had to tone that down because event, uh, they also had his eyes melt and bleed over his face. Oh, okay. But the MPA was like, you can't, you can't do that. No. So they settled for some wrinkles. And like uh, yeah. Based. yeah. Frank just fucks up the Russian, knocks him down the stairs and is burned out. <laughs> he, yeah. It's amazing he won that fight and they stitch him up and Howard's like, Oh, the Russian's dead? Well, shit. Yes, yeah. it's going to war. Like, I like how was that? that the first thing you did? <laughs> <laughs> I like how Dave was like, oh, I know what he needs. He needs half a bottle of whiskey. That's what he needs. 
He starts chugging it. He was like, oh, calm down. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so with the Russian dead, um, we get that piercing torture when Quentin shows up and fucks up Dave because he won't talk. All of in the end, he's like, well, if he knew, if he knew something, he would have said something. Like, yeah. Quentin's like, I guess I had the wrong guy. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's not wrong. Any normal person who met the Punisher a couple days ago would have been like, okay, fuck, I'll tell you. I don't even know this dude that well. Yeah, yeah he's under the floor. <laughs> so during all this, Frank is enacting his master plan to get Howard to kill his best friend and his wife. Mm-hmm. And it does not take much. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Howard is an insanely jealous maniac who almost seems like he's been waiting for this. Exactly. Bro, this is what I'm saying. He's such, he plays, because I feel like, and I, I could be wrong, if any mob bosses listen to the show, I'm very sorry. But I feel like mob bosses are probably really, like, shitty, bitchy, like, ah, don't touch me. Like, they make all their henchmen do it. And I don't know. I love it. Because, yeah, of course, like, hey, I'm going to make you kill your wife. Beautiful. I really- I really hope Howard Saint is not your template going forward for movie mob bosses. Yeah, because they're they're mo- they're better than this. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Uh, they are though pretty much universally shitty husbands and boyfriends. I would imagine because they don't need you know in their eyes you know this is just one of many girls I can get. I don't need you. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's fucked up, but that's kind of the mindset of you know the mob. <laughs> they're not good people. Oh, if they were good people, they wouldn't be in the fucking mob. Exactly. Here's a, um, was he hiding his gear under a fire hydrant? <laughs> no, he hid a gear. He had a fire hydrant in his gear. <laughs> okay. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I was he, like, how does nobody notice? He whipped out a fire hydrant. So no one else would park there. So he could get uh, Olivia's car back there. Uh, before she noticed it was gone. Oh, that's what he was doing. <laughs> oh man, that makes uh, yeah, that makes no sense. Still, where the fuck did he get the fire hydrant? I don't, I love that he just had one. Like, yeah, he just has one. We don't get to see him steal the fire hydrant. Like as far as we know, he just has a fire hydrant on hand in case of emergencies. That's the goofiest fuck. Imagine if Batman did that. <laughs> also, what if what if there was a fucking fire? A fire, like fire department's gonna see them like, oh, use it, use it. Oh, it's not real. Yeah. They go to hook up the hose, it fucking falls over. They're like, what, what, what do we do, <laughs> bro? I, I could see some like, like a uh, trauma. It's like, oh, how many fire hydrants are not real? Everything we've known is a lie. Frank comes back. The building is in a complete uncontrollable <laughs> blaze. The fire hydrant's knocked over. He doesn't know what's freaking out. He's like, she comes out of the movie. He's like, what's happening? Where's my car? (laughs) It just doesn't see. It seems like there were a lot of ways for that to backfire. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So he takes some pictures of Quentin kissing a man very aggressively under a bridge. Dude, that was like when he grabbed by the back of the neck, I was like, they're going to kiss. And then they didn't kiss right away. And I was like, oh, okay, he's going to beat him up. I was like, oh, no, no, no. He's going to kiss him. It was like the kiss in, in the office when Michael, like, tries to kiss Oscar to, like, prove he's he's okay with gay people and he's just forcing his way. Did you know that? That was completely unscripted. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Dude. I, I love that. 
Oh God. But yeah, this is Quentin's dirty secret. And in 2004, that was, uh, that was bad, I guess. But you're in the mob. Yeah. Who I don't care. I don't get the mob does care. It's weird. Like you can't be gay in the mob. Yeah. I saw the Sopranos. I saw what they did to Vito Spadafore. Yeah. That's fucked oh, up. When, uh, when Saint is like, how long have you worked for me? 10 years. And I was, I, I was like, and you didn't know he was gay. Yeah. Maybe you're not such a great friend, Howard. Yeah, exactly. There is a reason he told your wife and not you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, his fucking wife knew. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So um, Frank, you know, provides evidence, hides the earring in Quentin's bedroom. It's a very good plan. And oh, yeah. Howard just goes after Quentin. He's like, nobody's kicking the furniture. We're talking about... Uh, uh, Jim Bowie, he's like, you know, they would kick all the furniture and throw a knife in the middle, and the winner would not be the cheater. But you have too much fucking furniture. That's <laughs> fucking furniture. I love that part. That was so funny. And Quentin's he was like, like I don't, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, he was like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> I gave you everything. I denied you nothing. <laughs> you want to get crazy? <laughs> I love the whole time Quentin's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you don't know what happened. Bro, because if he was cheating, if he was sleeping with his wife, he would immediately know. He'd be like, oh, shit. All right, he knows. But at this point, he was like, bro, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and then, then he fucks it up by saying, what did she tell you? Oh, dude. And Howard just guts him. Stabs him quite a while. Like It takes a while yeah. for Quentin to die. Quentin had a lot of opportunities to just clear the air here yeah that was a very like tense scene like i got a little uncomfortable he was like you're killing me you're killing me why are you killing me i was like god i was like oh shit marvel well i can't imagine being tricked into killing my best friend because well i'd personally never be that stupid oh yeah i mean i would just you know i would (laughs) i can't explain it howard's just a fucking idiot (laughs) flabbergasted how, how this worked He's he's an idiot, he's psychotic, and he's an asshole, and that mixture makes this possible. Yeah, exactly. And then he just goes, the way he takes down Livia is particularly fucking cold. Yeah, I know. Uh, just straight up saying, you know, like, this used to be a good neighborhood, but now it's just whores. You'll fit right in. Horrible, she's like, man. what are you talking about? Yeah, she literally did nothing wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, to him. <laughs> There's a lot of bodies in Puerto Rico that would testify differently. Oh, <laughs> I uh, guess. <laughs> Sorry, let me correct my statement. She didn't do anything this entire movie. She watched a movie, told her husband to kill people. Her husband didn't kill anyone. Her husband had other people kill them. Fair enough. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I do love when he confronts her and like what throws the. Like you got you. You should learn to pay your parking, parking ticket. And she was like, "What the fuck is this? I've never seen this in my life." Like Quentin was gay, and he's like, "You'd say anything." <laughs> Slaps her like, "Like, fuck. bro, pay attention to what your wife is saying right now." This this You're whole setup a- was just hilarious to me. Everything, like just Howard's reactions, were so over the top. Mm. God, <laughs> yeah. And he just drives her out to the tracks the whole time. She's like, "Howard, what?" Why? What did I do? No, he's gay. Listen to me. 
And then she said, like, I don't, I don't remember the last words, but it was like, I never hurt you or something. And he's like, I know. And chucks her over the bridge. Yeah. And then she gets run down by the train. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. And then he's like, I need a martini. <laughs> oh god this, the dialogue of this movie is is painful sometimes so cheesy <laughs> i don't think it um there are some movies i think that like need to stay in this era and i love the matrix but the dialogue is is like one of the reasons where like i like the movie but like i don't want to watch it all the time just because it's just so early 2000s i'm same with, you know, like Blade, 28 Days Later. Um, and now, I guess, this movie, I'm like, bro. I disagree with Blade and 28 Days Later, but The Matrix, I understand. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess not, 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 not the dialogue in 20, but like the, like the music. Yeah, the, the, the vibe. Yeah. yeah, the vibe, yeah. Blade, I get it. I love that movie to death, but that drum and bass soundtrack is so fucking dated. I, I get it, but I, I love Blade to death. I, oh, I yeah. carry that movie with me forever. <laughs> Blade's, Blade's fucking awesome, man. I can't wait. I'm uh I'm excited for the for for the for the remake, the the remake, but I'm also a little nervous because don't I don't want them to fuck it up. Yeah. Mm. They're not gonna fuck this. Mahershala Ali went to them and said, Hey Marvel, I want to be Blade. Let's make this happen. Oh shit, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a passion project. Okay, good. Yeah, and he's a great choice. I want Wesley Snipes, the original Blade, to play Whistler in the new one. I think that'd be cool. I'm sure that they, that he's going to be in the movie. He's going to have some type some type of cameo. I'm sure. I hope it's in Doctor Strange too. Like as you know, they go to Blade's universe, and he just is like, you know, what do you what do you want? Are you a vampire? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, so Frank has now taken everything Howard want, Howard cares about. And decides, all right, it's time to go to war with Howard Saint. So he decides to put on a bulletproof vest with a skull. Nothing on the sleeves. Nope, he doesn't need it. That was funny. Like, just aim for his arms, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he takes out, he goes to the uh, Saints and Sinners Club and fucks him up. I love the the, the Claymore in the uh, champagne bucket. Was, was yeah, cool. that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked that. He was like, we need more champagne. Coming right up. I remember thinking, like, that's, you know, always learn, you know, talk to the help, learn their names, exactly. like, learn how their voices sound. So that shit doesn't happen. Yep. <laughs> For sure. And I, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I think the, uh, I think two of the most brutal deaths happen here. One is the dude who gets stabbed through the jaw yeah. because he did that man, that poor guy, he didn't deserve it. I mean, he does. He's a mob boss, but I mean, not a mob boss, but he's in the mob. But man, come on. And then his son oh. puts the grenade in his hand. And he's like, well, if your hand moves down at all, you die. <laughs> I was like, pretty, fuck. Pretty light on its own, but try holding it in an outstretched hand. It's hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a brutal way to kill a guy. Uh, I love the timing of that, though. And Howard's like, you killed my son. And you hear in the background, ah, and he's like, both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Kill, shoots Howard in the gut and just throws the pictures at him like, made you kill your wife, made you kill your best friend. Yeah. And Howard's just like, ah, ah, he just starts crying. I think it's funny how um, Howard technically still doesn't know that his right-hand man was gay because um, he couldn't look at the pictures because he's laying down looking up 
and the pictures lay like land on his feet. He can't see the pictures. He still doesn't know. I would love if in that scene, when Frank's like, I made you kill your wife, made you kill your best friend. He looks at the pictures and he starts sobbing because he's like, Quentin was gay. Oh my God. Like that's all he hears. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so he, Frank's punishment for Howard is a little odd. He ties yeah, him yeah. to the bumper of a car, just lets the car go through this elaborate fire maze he created and Howard just okay. catches on fire. Yeah. At first, when the car is, first of all, so he put a cinder block on, on the on the on the accelerator. That's how the car's moving for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I like how the car stays at a consistent speed. Two, I like how at first all the bombs are going off and they're just around him. They're not hurting him. They're just around him. I was like, bro, just kill him. What is it with like superhero or super villains? They always do this thing. And I know it's a cliche to joke about it, but whenever like the villain is like, you know. Haha, ha, you're suspended over a pool of sharks, and I'm gonna tell you my entire plot, bro. That that's everything in this movie. Like that happened so many times. He's being dragged away. The bombs are gonna go off until you catch on fire. Just kill him. <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite version of that was in Batman Forever. I think we might have talked about this. It's when Riddler and Two Face go after Bruce Wayne, and Two Face is in the corner flipping his coin the whole time, hoping to get like the bad one so he can kill Bruce. He finally gets it. He shoots Bruce in the head. It gets, it grazes him. He falls down the stairs. Two-Face goes up to Bruce Wayne with a gun to his temple. And Riddler's like, no, don't kill him. He hasn't learned everything yet. Exactly. Two-Face is just like, you know what? Good point. And holsters the gun. (laughs) Just do it. You've got Batman with his pants down right now. You could end this all right now, but Riddler needs to have his moment. I love superheroes so much. But, bro, they would all fucking die because there's so many moments where they just get lucky. Yeah. There's so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite bit in this scene is the noise coming out of Howard Saint. Because it's not screaming. It's like, <laughs> like they had Travolta in a booth and said, all right, in this scene, John, your character is burning to death in a parking lot. We need you to scream in terror. And he's like, uh, like that's the best he could do or he is a one take guy i guess yeah, i guess so uh, <laughs> the sound guys were like uh shit it's like well i don't want to tell him to do it again <laughs> shit uh yeah it's good i don't want to be the guy to tell john travolta to do a second <laughs> <Yeah>. take <laughs> so i guess it's, it's a wreck yeah that's it hold on <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh and yeah the, the parking lot explodes into a skull for some reason. Again, again, we, we, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but um, same in Batman in the video games. Whenever he sprays his explosive gel, he does it in the shape of the bat symbol. Yeah. I guess I guess he got it from Frank Castle. Batman probably saw the Punisher and was like, oh, I'm going to do that. Being a superhero is like 80% committing to an aesthetic. Yes, exactly. You need that, or it's not gonna. Nothing else is gonna mesh. Apparently, exactly. (laughs) Oh, Uh, like you think? Getting a little political here. Yeah, you think if uh, the Punisher existed today and he saw what his symbol turned? I mean, okay, I know. If the Punisher were real and he saw what his symbol turned into today, how like now people are taking out of context and they're using it to support like 
like Republican and conservative ideals, even though that's exactly the opposite of what the symbol stands for. Do you think the Punisher would be like, huh, got to change my image? Fuck. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know he, he fucking did. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Marvel uh, abandoned that skull and gave him a redesign in the past like three or four months. Be- Holy shit. Uh, because what is of that? It's still a skull, but it's like a skull with like crossbones. Look kind of piratey. Holy shit. I didn't, I'm going to look this yeah. up. I did not know that. That's really it, cool. Yeah. Because these assholes have co-opted that and turned it into a rate, like a, almost a racist icon now. So which makes no sense. Yeah. Look I have at a, the character. I have a jacket that I stitched a Punisher logo on and I, uh, I, I can't wear it anymore. I get dirty looks now. I, I get people, I've had people come up to me and be like, why the fuck are you wearing that? And I'm like, cause uh, I like the Punisher. <laughs> like I'm not a bad person. I swear. <laughs> oh shit. It has like, horns now yeah that's fucking cool it's yeah i'm a purist though like i like you know it's like i like the skull but i I get why marvel did it oh yeah Hmm. damn that's really cool man but that fucking sucks like if i mean if if those people were smart enough to fucking like read they could read x punisher comic book and be like oh i understand now it's exactly the opposite of what i'm using this for there's a comic where Punisher like addresses that. And he says, like, this is not my ideology, and you idiots are like ruining what I sought out to to fight for. Like, I don't know which is where it is, but he yeah, he directly addressed all that shit. <laughs> so wait, wait. So so is he breaking the fourth wall or are real world events happening within the Punisher comic book? In the comic book, he fights off some like white supremacist dudes who are using that logo or something, and he he addresses like this is not what the what this skull stands for, and he's kind of talking to us, and like you could you get the, the uh, subtext here. It's yeah. it's cool though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he'd be fucking ashamed. Uh, but then again, anybody in the real world who puts a, like you know paints a skull on their shirt, calls themselves the Punisher, and starts fucking people up is an absolute psychopath. And oh yeah, hundred percent. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, I do find. But it imagine if people start taking like if Batman existed, people start taking the bat out of context. He's gonna be like, ah oh, shit, I gotta change my aesthetic. Fuck, I don't know. I'm Duck Man now. I'll be a duck. Duck Man. <laughs> I am honestly surprised more people haven't tried to emulate superheroes or vigilantes. Like I'm surprised this hasn't happened a lot. Yeah. Like I think my favorite, one of my favorite movies, um, kick-ass, they, they emulate that pretty well. Like this is what would happen if, if it happened, if someone tried to emulate superheroes. I, I love that all kick-ass thought he had to do was get a costume. He didn't bother training yeah, at no. all, learning how to fight anything. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. I'd like to cover that on this show. It's been a long time since I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it interesting at the end that Fr- the movie just kind of ends with Frank standing alone on a bridge next to Harry Heck's car and being like, "I am now the Punisher," and, <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're the Punisher now. So this was an origin movie. Okay. I when mean, it he, was when he's at Frank's. I mean, not yeah, he's Frank <laughs> when he's at Howard's place. Uh, he gets like two shots to the skull Kevlar and then just fucking takes it off. Yeah. He hangs it somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. I noticed that. I was like, bro, you're going to kill your arch nemesis and not even represent your brand. What are you doing? Spider-Man, like his mask gets all fucked up. He can't even see. And he, he doesn't take his, 
I guarantee you Spider-Man can't breathe in that fucking mask. He doesn't take it off. He's surprised he he didn't waterboard himself when he kissed Mary Jane in the first movie (laughs) when he's in the rain under upside down. Just he just passes out. (laughs) Uh, And also, I think Frank's repping the brand pretty damn hard in that parking lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did blow it up. And yeah, he he didn't need a suit. That's true. (laughs) And I mean, if he you know, if this doesn't work out or like when his rate, when his uh, crusade is over, he could always get work as a t-shirt designer because he whipped out that skull pretty fast. He did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, also, I think it's pretty dark when he uh, puts the gun in his mouth and he's like, done. Oh my God. Yeah. That and was, yeah. You know, he has a moment of his wife and he's like, wait a minute, I can help other people. And then he fucking ruined it with like, you're right. Good memories can save your life. I was like, ah, fucking, I was like, Frank, why? Come on, man. It was cool. And then you said some dumb shit like that, bro. Come on. My favorite thing about Warzone, Punisher has maybe six lines in the whole movie. What? He says barely anything. Like, he talks to people when he needs to, but he doesn't talk much. He lets his guns speak for him. That's beautiful. That's something I liked about the new Batman movie. His Batman rarely speaks. He lets just him... He lets his... um. I don't know his silhouette. He lets his just he lets yeah. the idea of Batman speak for him for himself. Well, when you're a guy dressed in a bat costume in a crime riddled filth hole like Gotham City, and you're facing down an army of you know Riddler dudes, do you need to say anything? I think yeah, I think everyone there knows what's up. Just that scene in the, in the beginning of the movie when they're looking at the darkness, and then you hear the footsteps. That's that enough? I saw it again a couple of days ago in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Like that—that's how you gotta see it. I gotta go see it again. I'm—I'm I'm probably gonna go see it again at some point. But I want to see X really bad. It was good. It's—it's a—it's Texas Chainsaw meets Boogie Nights. It's the best way I can describe it. It's porno okay. slasher film. It's so weird. Um, that's interesting. Though. And apparently, um, stay through the end credits. There's a thing I missed. Oh, okay, cool. Uh. Frank also leaves like a million bucks to each of his roommates uh, so they can get out of Dodge, maybe start a restaurant somewhere. Yeah, which I liked Yeah, until I realized that that's the gangster's money, which means that that's all, uh, you know, it's dirty money. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he didn't fu- he didn't stop the Toros. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's all marked. Those are all marked bills, man. Those are. Oh, they're so dead. <laughs> Oh, God, they're going to shove Dave in Bumpo. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to die. Well, that's well, that's the end of the movie. Fuck, I didn't realize that was that's a dark implication. Yeah. Sorry, I ruined it. And then we get some dumbass Seether song that never left 2004 to cap this thing off. (laughs) That's how. Oh, my God. I don't know what it is about with 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 like action movies in this era and the weird grunge music. Yeah, or like weird. Uh, thankfully, this movie didn't have any in it. But um, again, in twenty eight weeks later, that weird like jump cut that they do during action sequences, you know, it's like it's like flashy uh, jump cuts with like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Weirdly, uh, X actually has quite a lot of that. Really, mm-hmm. it's a bit. Of, it's a throwback movie. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, here are some film guys and facts. Number one, while filming their knife fight scene. Thomas Jane accidentally stabbed Kevin Nash. 
like, for real. I don't know at what point. I hope it wasn't the knife that close to his heart. But at some point, a knife went into Kevin Nash. <laughs> they they were real knives, apparently. Dude, what the fuck? Okay, so this Alec Baldwin and the real gun. What the fuck is going on, man? Realism. I don't know. You got <laughs> commitment. This is a Punisher movie. Damn. This is my directorial debut, Jonathan Hensley said, and I want this to look amazing. Uh, Nash was cool with it. He accepted cold beer from the film crew as compensation. It's like, yeah, I got stabbed, but buy me some beers. We'll call it even. Oh, my God. Of course he did. That's a trooper. Yeah, dudes, you know, 300 pounds of pure muscle, six foot nine. What is a butterfly knife really going to (laughs) do? I'm fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> number two, originally the Punisher was supposed to have a sidekick, David Lieberman, aka Microchip, the the Intel man. He's the guy who, you know, orders Frank's guns, finds where the mafia guys are, and uh, he was written out because Jonathan Hensley absolutely despises the character of Microchip. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He, he will not elaborate further. He just has an intense dislike of the character. It was his movie, so no Microchip. That's interesting because I feel like someone like the Punisher has to have someone like that because the Punisher is just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking, I'm going to kill someone. It's like, all right, buddy, but you got to find him first. The guy in the chair. They've always yeah. got a guy in the chair. Exactly. And I mean, I think Dave, you know, Pierce guy might have like in the sequel, he probably would have been microchip. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, number three, the bounty hunters actual name was Harry Heck. Thornton, but was shortened to avoid confusion with the actor Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I would have We all know. I mean, actors and characters who have similar names, I mean, that's just, you know, that runs rampant. I've, I've been confusing yeah. that all my life. I mean, yeah. how dumb are people? <laughs> Dude. As, I, I don't understand. Like, are people, did somebody ever try to arrest Jack Nicholson for the murders that happened in The Shining? Because <laughs> that's that's the level of idiocy we're dealing with here. Oh, my God. Michael Myers. Someone goes to arrest Michael Myers. It's like, stop. It gets, like, really serious. Like, Mike Myers, the actor, goes under trial for, like, like 150 murders. He's like, no, it's a movie, babe. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I can't believe that. In the story arc where we met Harry Heck Thornton, he does not carry a guitar or sing. So they just completely made up a character and threw Harry Heck onto him. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) All right. Moment of truth. I give The Punisher a seven, which I know seems high after all of that. Uh, It's not perfect. It's got some wooden performances and stilted dialogue. But it's a decent watch. It's got its moments. Travolta. It's got it's got its thing. Like I don't know what it is, but I I can watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I give it. I think uh, I'm gonna give it a, a six, just because I don't know. It's really cheesy. Yes. So it it it, it belongs in the early 2000s. Yes. And it needs to stay there. Yes. Um. I don't know, but I I like the. As much as I rolled my eyes, I, I I have a soft spot in my heart for cheesy, stupid one-liners. Yeah, how could I don't you? Know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there it is, the Punisher. Um, 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you liked the show. You can always uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. Uh, you can always send us a message there if you want to suggest films or give us some feedback. You can always email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out the website, filmgasm.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate anything you want to throw at us. Next week, the cycle continues with Caleb's pick, and he is going as classic as you can go. We're tackling maybe the most iconic horror villain in all of pop culture next week as we dig into the 1931 horror classic Dracula, starring Bela Lugosi as arguably the most iconic version of Count Dracula ever put to film. It's been a few years since I sat down and watched Dracula, and I'm excited that Caleb chose it to discuss on the show. Dracula. Uh, Character I don't think's ever been quite done the best way in film. I've seen Yeah, I've seen a few. (laughs) Seen a few of them. I don't know. Maybe I like, this, um, yeah, I really like the uh, is it Keanu Reeves? I don't know. I like uh, yeah, I like the one with Keanu Reeves in it a lot. I don't know why it's so cheesy and stupid, but I really like it. And if you want a really good Dracula character, there's two. So there's one on Netflix, it's a three episode show, yeah, it's just called Dracula, and that's really good. Okay. And then Dracula in Castlevania is so perfect because he has like um he actually has a purpose rather than just being like a vampire um in the in the castlevania show um he falls in love with a with a mortal girl they get married and she's like look if you love me you're gonna travel the world like a normal human so he's like fine i'll do it so while he's traveling the world um the priest um burns his wife at the stake for witchcraft because she's a scientist. And when he comes back, he's like, ah, he's like, all right. So since men want to kill my wife, I'm going to kill everyone. And he just goes on a murdering rampage and it's so good. Damn. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll take a look. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah. I've read, I read the book Dracula in um, my undergrad at college and I thought it was really freaky. Like Dracula is represented in that book. It's an absolute beast. Like there's no love in that character. He is here to kill and make more vampires. And I have not seen that version of Dracula yet. Everyone, they always try to romanticize him. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, going back to 31 next week, uh, we have not done a lot of really like older horror films on this show. So this will be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. I love old horror films, especially, uh, Nusferatu, I don't know. That just creeps me out. He's so creepy to look at. I, don't I did finally, I finally watched that a, a while back, and yeah, it, it holds up. It's it's unsettling. Yeah, uh, it's a hundred years old this year. Oh my, are you serious? Came out in nineteen twenty-two. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, the original. Uh, have you seen um, the original? Are you afraid of the dark? I have not. Okay, it's really creepy. It has like tiny little creatures, and that movie like actually made me scared of the dark for a long time (laughs) i remember that i remember the commercials for that when i was a kid on nickelodeon uh i was more of a goosebumps guy when i was a kid (laughs) uh so yeah dracula next week don't miss Lara croft tomb raider on fridays beyond the bad a restructuring of the academy awards on oscar sunday and a full-blown recap of the 2022 oscars on monday's sneak preview uh hold that thought That is next week. No, wait. When the hell is this? 
No, that holds up. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Recording this early, I started to think like, wait a minute, this comes out Wednesday. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, everything I just said was true. Until then, don't go after a federal agent's family or they may become the scourge of the criminal underworld and kill you first. Keep watching movies. Thank <laughs> you.